This is the Spirit Truth Podcast, conversations to equip worship teams and songwriters. Hi, everyone, and welcome to this very first episode of the Spirit Truth Podcast. Um, my name is James, and I'm going to be your host. Um, you know, I've, been, I've been involved with worship and worship teams, leading worship, you know, songwriting for pretty much as long as I can remember, about 20 or 21 years. Um, and so over those, those 20 or 21 years, I've really met some amazing people. Um, and that's what I'm wanting to do with these podcasts is just to share um, some conversations with, with those amazing people that have imparted so much into my life. Um, you know, people who are passionate about about worship and about what God is doing, in what God does through worship and through worship teams. You know, songwriters, producers. We'll speak to artists. We'll speak to to lots of different people. Um, we just chat around. You know, some of the joys and some of the challenges that that are part of being involved in in worship ministry. And so because this is the, the very first episode, I thought I need a very special first guest. And so I just want to say a massive welcome to Sonica. Thanks, James. <laughs> <laughs> you are the, the, you're blessing me so much by, by being the very first one. So you, you're going to go in easy on me, I, I trust. <laughs> Let's say hello, Sonica. To, to Hi, everybody. <laughs> oh, it's such an honor to be here. Thanks, James, for the opportunity. It's, it's been a big passion of mine. So I, you know, I really trust that yeah. what I've learned and seen through the years would be a blessing. Amen. Yeah, I'm going to give Sonica a moment. To, to, in, in a moment, I'll, I'll let her tell a little bit more about herself and where she comes from and what she's busy with. Um, but I think, you know, I think we got to know one another probably about 10 years ago, mm-hmm. um, which is when I started overseeing the, the worship for Shofar alongside another friend of mine, Richard. I still need to interview him. Um, and I remember when I when I started with with that, you know, being involved with all the worship teams, we used to have these Skype meetings where we would connect with one another, all the different team leaders from all the different churches, uh, and we'd just give feedback around how it's going with us. And I always remember whenever it came to Sonica's turn to share, I just I started making notes because uh, everything um, that you shared, so much of what you shared was, was stuff that I implemented on my team. Um, and specifically... With this first episode, uh, where I wanted to speak about how, how you care for your team, how you shepherd your team, mm. um, how you move a team from a, just a group of individuals to really to becoming a family, uh, I knew that there was one name that I needed to speak to, and it was it was Sonica. Thanks, James. Uh, so quickly, tell us a little about a little bit about yourself, where you how you got involved in, in mm. worship and so on. I was classically trained as a mm-hmm. scholar, but I always had a heart just to worship God, even though it was a foreign concept to me because I was raised in a very traditional church where my mom was the organist. Oh wow! So Do you play the organ? she's still playing the organ, oh, wow. and uh, I played a little bit, okay. but it wasn't really something that that yeah I was wanting to do for the rest of my life. So I remember as a first-year student in Stellenbosch, when I started visiting Shofar, I was amazed by the team and the worship. I was really drawn Mm. to it, but I was very intimidated as well. I thought I would never be able to to do that. So the the one (laughs) evening in our small group, we had a small group in one of the hostels, and in in the corner there was the piano, and 
the worship was really battling because there was no instrument. And I, in the spur of the moment, just jumped on the piano wow. and trying to do songs that I've not even really heard before, some of them. <laughs> and the next week I got a phone call from the pastor's wife saying, well, we hear that you can play the piano. Are you interested <laughs> in the band? <laughs> and it was a big surprise and I was even more intimidated, but I knew that was God opening a door for me. So this wow. is where I started. Amazing. I started by just attending practices, just watching the keyboardist. So it was for me a foreign world, but a very exciting world. Yeah. And yeah, that was 1999. And since then, worship and uh, being part of a band, a worship band, just mm. became part of my life. Yeah. And the last 10 years, my husband and I are uh, at Shafa East London, okay. pastoring the Shafa East London Church. And it is one of the big, big things I'm doing, just taking care of the worship team, mm. looking after the people, raising up new people, yeah. a big passion of mine. So I'm, I'm, I'm thankful for the training I had as a student in Stellenbosch, also at Shafa Tigerberg, where I was involved and I learned so much from many people. So I'm thankful for those seasons. Awesome. Yeah. Sure. No, and, you know, what we're speaking about today, um, if I had to say what is the number one question that different team leaders um, come up to me with it's it's around the people in the team it's not so mm. much about the technical stuff yes. uh, and that's why I knew this is a conversation I want to have with you is because you, mm. you really know how to how to love people and and just create a, a safe space I guess for for musicians um, and probably yeah the, the number one question that I get from team leaders is, is how do we get people to be more committed <laughs> uh, mm. in terms of, you know, people have got busy lives and yeah. different spaces of their life, different seasons. Yeah. Um, but the, the reality is that musicians aren't uh, just there to fulfill a function. You know, mm -hmm. they're not robots that we summon True. to come to our churches and, and just fulfill their function and yes. go home. They're, they're real people with real lives, Absolutely. real challenges, yeah. um, and they, they need love, they need support. Um, so that's really what I want to get to today. But I'm not going to start with that question. What I'm going to start with is, is how do you, how do you as a team leader, how do you learn to care about people really um, beyond their function? Um, and I, <laughs> I was thinking about this earlier. You know, we all get excited when there's a really great drummer who joins the band. Yes, uh, when of we don't course. have a lot of drummers. <laughs> Uh, that's always a common problem. And, you know, we get excited about what people can bring uh, in terms of the gifting. But yeah. how do we learn to care beyond the gifting? Yeah. I think shepherding the worship team or caring for them starts with valuing the people. Mm. Just realizing that they are actually people who go through difficult seasons from time to time. And not they're not only serving the church, they have real life situations yeah. that we're not always aware of. So yeah. my main focus and priority are actually the worship leaders because I realized if if I can impart my heart and my values to the worship leaders, they can help me yes. to take care of the worship team. So I, I make an effort to communicate to them that I value them, mm. that, uh, that they're important to me. I make an effort to buy them gifts <laughs> at least once a year. I... Whenever we have a meeting, I make sure we have nice snacks just to make them feel valued. Because yes. if if they can see the way I treat them, they would treat the rest of the team the same. Because yeah. if you work with a big team, yeah. I can only do so much. Yeah. I, I, I need a team. So it's a team effort. But something I really uh, are working on and I'm really trusting God to to 
do it more and more often is to get into their worlds. Yeah. For example, two of my, my leaders are music teachers mm. and they often have their choirs sing at our local Eisteddfod in East London. They often win the trophy for the best chamber choir. And I've just realised that that is their world. They put hours and hours of practice into their choirs and as much as I want them to be part of my world, which is church, yeah. They would love for me to be part of their world. So I've started making an effort to go to these events, to hear their choir sing. Mm. And I've just noticed that it means the world to them. Yeah. And it makes them feel valued and cared for. And, and even often some of our, our, our worship members, they would dance or sing in in a show at our local theatre in East London, mm. like Beauty and the Beast. Then one of my worship leaders plays the place beauty and for me just buying a ticket going there seeing her sing or seeing somebody dance it means the world to them so getting into their world showing my support is one of the greatest things I think I can show them that I care and that I value them and something else I do that is not difficult and it just takes a little bit of of, of focus is just to have literally have every team member's birthday in my diary hmm. where I can't do that for every member in our church, yeah. but I can do that for the 35 people in, in the worship team. And it's a great opportunity not only to say happy birthday, but to send to either phone or send them a proper voice note yeah. to, to say that we appreciate your contribution hmm. to the team. I value you yeah. just to trust the Lord for a word for them in that moment. And, yeah, it, it makes a huge difference just to honor them, just yeah. that once a year even yeah. on their birthday. And something else I, I I do from time to time is just to take a few snacks or chocolates to the worship practice. Sometimes the people come straight from work yeah. to a worship practice. They're actually hungry. And then even just something small shows them that you, you thought about that. Yeah. Just back to also what you're saying about um, people's birthdays and that um, – I think it's it's something we don't do enough is just to articulate what we yeah. see in people. And, yes. um, you know, we, we appreciate people for certain things and yet we keep that to ourselves True. so many times. And maybe we, we'll tell the other leaders, you know, oh, I'm, so, I'm so amazed about this person who's really stepping out in faith. Yeah. But we don't tell the person themselves. True. Um, and I think a, a lot of what you're saying, it's about establishing a certain culture. Yes. Um, and that's something to be to recognize what is the culture of our team and how can it become more biblical, more godly culture. Yes, absolutely. Um, and a, a large part of that for me is, is like a culture of family as well, you know. Yeah. Um, we we understand that we we're interested in one another beyond what you can give, um, but we we've actually got each other's backs. Yeah. So I don't know if you can speak a little bit yeah. more about that. Like how, how do you how do you take a team? And I know this is what a lot of teams struggle with. How do you hmm. take a, a, just a bunch of individuals um, to the place where we actually we're more than that. Feel like we, a family. we feel like family. Mm. Something we've started doing that I think adds a lot to this is we have a year in social. Mm. So it's more than just a band meeting. It's a year in social where we uh, do different things. And something that we've done a few times now at our year in social is I ask them beforehand to think of one person in the team that they want to honour. And they come prepared. So it's not a quick question, you know, where everybody feels nervous. They actually think about it beforehand. They come, I open the floor, and for 45 minutes to an hour, people just share. Yeah. You know, uh, the vocalist will share about the drummer mm. that that 
the way she loves him just being faithful or committed to the growth. It is just incredible how a big team becomes knitted together and yeah. closely knitted together just because of words of affirmation mm. and honor that's been spoken over them. It definitely strongly binds us together as a team. And something practically we do on a week, week-to-week basis started primarily just for communication purposes, but we have a WhatsApp group per team per Sunday. We have a big WhatsApp group where we yeah. do all the big communication, but then we started a WhatsApp group per team per Sunday that originally it was just started to make sure everybody knows what songs and w- yeah. when we start practicing, but it has become far more than that, where people would start to encourage one another, uh, where people would start sharing words. Quite recently, one of our drummers so, a, so this is um, say the morning service team exactly in the week before the Sunday they exactly. form a WhatsApp group yes that just exists for that week yes and then you you leave it and you delete yeah. it afterwards yeah. so recently one of our drummers had a vision he was praying for this Sunday and he had a specific thing that God showed him that he expected to happen on the Sunday he shared it on the WhatsApp group yeah. the morning before the time we prayed into that as a worship team and it happened exactly the wow. way he saw it so even during during ministry time, I was getting off the drums, coming to share with me, Sonica, this, what happened now, it was about a guy coming from the balcony, responding on a salvation altar call. It was exactly what he saw. Yeah. So afterwards, he could share with the team, this is this is what he saw. He posted it on the group. We yeah. prayed into that together and it happened exactly the same. It, it felt as if we have we have accomplished this mission together yeah. as a team and it it definitely added to our sense of yeah. of family. So yeah. even though something had started as a communication tool developed into something really beautiful, even one of my worship leaders, I was leading worship that Sunday, but he was with me in the team. Afterwards, when the WhatsApp group was still in existence, he literally honored each and every one sure. in the team that day. he highlighted one thing that everyone did that stood out for him. And yes, even though you're going to leave that WhatsApp group and next week you on with somebody else, it made such a huge impression yeah. and it, it really knitted us together as a team. Yeah. And Just, obviously, it yes. Me of that scripture, I do one another in showing honor. Absolutely. Um, yeah. It's part of our culture. It makes so a massive difference. Yeah. And I, I believe if we lead by example, mm people will start catching the vision and they start doing it more spontaneously. And even just closing a chapter, well, we're going to have people come and go. Mm. And we always said when we we lose somebody that was valuable to our team, but sometimes people go without proper uh, us closing the chapter properly. So I don't always get this right, and I'm really trusting God to get it right more often, but whenever somebody leaves East London to get a gift to pray over that person, to make special effort to close that chapter well, because that person won't be of any benefit for you anymore. But that person might go to another town where there's a Shafat church and closing that chapter well will leave that person with a sense of family and that person becoming part maybe of, even if it's not a Shafat church, but maybe another church where they will feel I can serve again yes. because I was celebrated. And not burnt At, out. And <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And something that's very powerful that we, we've we only uh, managed to get it right over the last two years is actually having a feedback meeting after worship. Okay. So primarily just to close in prayer and to thank God for what He did mm. on the Sunday. But it also has become 
a, a moment where we can celebrate one another. Sometimes there's people who are very new in the team and they feel very, they are very apologetic about one or two mistakes they made and they feel ashamed or they feel worried. Mm. And it's such a great opportunity just to affirm them and to say, it's okay. Yeah. I remember as a, as a second year student, I was brand new in the team. I accidentally hit the demo button on the keyboard <laughs> during the those moments in worship where everybody's focusing on God and it was just one of those scary moments. <laughs> I think and, every keyboardist <laughs> has probably had so afterwards, I was convinced I'm going to get fired from this team. I'm, I was convinced that somebody will tell me, Sonica, this is unacceptable and you're never playing again. And nobody said anything, which was a relief on the one hand. But on the other hand, I think a quick feedback from anybody yeah. would have helped me so much just saying, Sonica, it's okay. Yeah. You know, just be careful next time. But yeah. but it's really okay. You, yeah. you will never get fired just because of that. Yeah. And... I think I've just seen the value of feedback because yeah. in a in a normal family, we're going to give one another feedback, mm. hopefully in a constructive and a, posi- a positive way. But there's constant feedback mm. and there's constant communication. So I think that aspect and and combined with a culture of honor, doing yeah. it in an honoring way is yeah. is key yeah. to create a sense of family. I think along with that feedback, it also creates a sense of security. Absolutely, um, like yes. What you're saying is, you're, what you're doing is you're you're avoiding uncertainty, you, uh, where people yes. aren't sure, am I doing the right thing? Um, and this is something I've realized lately is, you know, I've been leading worship for so long, I don't need somebody to come to me afterwards and, and give me feedback yes. as much. I mean, I still uh, I need feedback, um, but I don't need it as much as the person is just starting. Yes. And they don't know whether what they did now was, was the right thing or not. Mm. They, they, they're wanting yes. us as leaders to come and say, that was amazing. Yeah, they, they really can, need that. Yeah, yeah. Mm. This, is, this is what you can, you can work on next time or, or whatever the case. It's just you're wanting to empower people with confidence, I guess. And because as soon as somebody's um, unsure about themselves or anything, they're going to be more insecure. They're not going to take those steps of boldness and yes. confidence. Um, and something else just around family, um, something I don't get right enough, uh, but what I'd love to see more of in our teams is just being in each other's lives more and in each other's homes even. That's a practical thing. Yeah. You know, if you're having your worship leaders for a meeting, over for a meeting, have it in your house um, and let them see the, the you know, the kids um toys all over the floor and yeah. you know you know just life happening um doesn't always have to happen at the church office yes. um let let's let's expose um each other to one another's worlds yes, as well absolutely i've seen definitely commitment increase as well mm. uh, our, our first band meeting at the beginning of this year it was planned at the church mm. and then i said to andre can't we have it at our home mm. because it it makes a huge difference yeah. and it seems as if people are actually they attending easier when it's yes. when it's a homey atmosphere where yeah. where it's somebody's home than just a building. Yeah. And so I, I, I completely agree. Having it at your home as far yeah. as possible is yeah. great. Or at somebody's home. Yeah. Um now to to go a little bit more into a bit more difficult territory. So we've been speaking about family. Um and but but how do we ensure as well that you know we're not just a family having a good time singing kumbaya together uh, around the campfire, um, but that we're also creating space within our teams for for things like um, discipleship because mm-hmm. I mean ultimately that's 
That's probably our, our, one of our greatest aims within our teams is yeah. that people are being discipled as yeah. well. That we're not just growing as musicians, uh, but we're growing as Christians and that we're becoming yeah. more like Jesus. So yeah. what, what does discipleship look like for, for you guys and your team? I think we we don't necessarily have a separate discipleship course for mm. for the band or, yeah. or musicians because we have multiple opportunities at church, which, which I'm very thankful for. So we encourage yeah. them to be part of a small group. Yeah. We encourage them to go through our encounters. We encourage them to make use of all the different things that's available at church just to come to church regularly. Yes which is already going to help you grow exponentially if you're just in church every Sunday. So we we encourage them to take ownership of their own spiritual growth. So there's opportunities in church. Mm. And from time to time, we yes, we do pray over one another sometimes at meetings. We do trust the Lord for words. Mm. We do trust the Lord for words of encouragement, but primarily I just encourage them to make use of what we have mm. at church and to become part of church life. That it's not something separate, yes. but they become they become part of intercession. They become yeah. part of a small group or even yeah. leading a small group. Yeah. Yes, that's what what we focus on primarily. I, th- I think I'm the same. Um, but what I what I do do is, is also I just I try to keep tabs on you know are people part of small groups are, are people coming to church yes, and then very good. and then be willing to have those conversations with those who yes uh, who maybe aren't um, not for the sake of having boxes ticked um, but we are interested in people growing Absolutely. spiritually yeah. so caring I'll, for them yeah yeah. Um, and kind of along with that more sort of discipleship and, and shape, shaping our characters and, and so on, how, how do you handle conflict? Um, because I think I've seen in my experience with worship teams over the years, I've, I've, I've definitely seen often you, you've got your big personalities, mm-hmm. you know, the guy who yeah, once they arrive in the room, everybody knows that they're there. Every team has one of those. Um, or, or, you know, two very opinionated people, just different personalities mm. that clash. Mm. Because uh, that's the reality is we're 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 all so different, yes. Um, but we're we're part of the same team. And, yes. and how do you deal kind of with those clashing yeah. personalities? Yeah, not an easy question to answer. But <laughs> I think we we need to fight for our unity yeah. as a team without controlling people, yeah. which is not so easy. But I often talk about. A culture of honor, honoring the worship leaders, even if you th- you feel that you know better. I often talk about yeah. let's let's celebrate one another, let's not compete. So I make it, uh, I, I talk about about it often. Yeah. But then, even though you talk about it, you will still get the the specific situations that you need to need to address. Something that that helps. I found that if you have had a few positive conversations, even just like we've mentioned earlier, just making a deliberate effort to to celebrate somebody after they've done something right. If you've sent a few positive messages, yeah. it might be a bit easier then to address something yes. than maybe the first time you've ever really interacted with yeah. somebody is now correction. So yeah. I think that helps. But I just ask God for wisdom because it's it's never easy because every person is different, every situation is different. So I, I I try to discipline, if I can use that word, prayerfully. Yes. Because I yeah. can't do it without God. I can't mm-hmm. do it without God's wisdom. 
I make sure if I need to speak to somebody, I make an appointment when I'm not emotionally worked up or yeah. upset. I make sure that I deal with my own emotions around it before the time. I would ask even some of my worship leaders who have been in the team for a long time to pray yeah. for me before the time. They know about if I'm, I might see somebody, they pray for me. And I don't necessarily like conflict. I mean, I don't know many people who do. <laughs> but I've, I've learned to force myself yeah. for the sake of the rest of the team yes. to, to deal with it. Because sweeping things under the rug is not going to make it go away. It, it will make it worse. And sometimes, I mean, that's leadership. It's mm. leadership. Sometimes we need to address something. But I believe if we we ask God for wisdom, if we do it prayerfully, mm. it can be redemptive, it can be beautiful, it can actually turn turn around for for good, Amen. for the whole team and for that person. Yeah. Yeah. You're, I've been in so many situations, like you say, where you, in, in the natural, you don't know how on earth this yeah. conversation is going to work out. But just God is so faithful, just yeah, praying that Amen. prayer before the time and saying, Holy Spirit, I... I just consecrate my thoughts and my words to you. Give me wisdom. Yes. And, and also going in with, with love, like just checking the condition of our heart towards the person yeah. um, and making sure we're going in with a not a, a desire to fix them or to fix the situation, but really out of a place of, of loving them and yes. wanting to see the That's best the for them coming out of it. And also something I, I thought I'd mention, I, I mean, you're, um, you're a, a co-pastor with, with Andre in your church. So for you, there's, there's not, not, not really somebody to go to, but a lot of the team leaders, they're, you know, volunteers um, at their church. And to, to say to, to you guys, don't be afraid of going to your pastor, um, going to, um, or your, to your pastor's wife. And if there's, mm-hmm. a, if there's a certain challenge, if there's some, yeah. something you don't know how to deal with, yeah. uh, don't feel, feel afraid to, to go and have that conversation yeah. with your pastor. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, and then, this is pr- pretty much my last question for you, which is the one that I say I get the most is, is how do we, um, how do we get people to to be more committed? You know, um, I even hate saying that more committed because it's not like you're wanting something out of them, but the reality is that everybody is juggling these crazy lives, so mm. many different priorities. Yeah. Um, and on one hand, we as a team, we want to bring an excellent offering. So a lot of the questions come around people who come unprepared uh, or people who just, you know, they don't show up for, for meetings um, or they, um, you know, they're, yeah, just in general, they, they, they struggle with, with commitment. So how do we, how do we improve people's mm. commitment to, mm. to what we believe is, is important and it's a huge part of the service. Yes. Uh, it's what we've been called to steward. Yeah. Uh, but in the midst of their hectic lives, how, how do we impress what is expected, I, say, mm. I guess, mm. of them? Yeah, it's a very good question, very important question. And I, I have battled with this a lot just to to get the balance right between having somebody on every Sunday, even if they're willing, and yeah. and, and also respecting you yeah. know, their, their personal lives. But I think a good relationship with every member is key. Yes. I found that if I have a personal connection with a team member, they will go the extra mile for me when, when there's a crisis, when I really, when it's a big event and I want a drummer and they they weren't going to be available, but now they, they will do it for me yeah. because it's not just a band relationship. There's a personal connection. Yes. So, but having that said, one of my biggest values is not to burn people out because yeah. 
I would rather have a smaller team from time to time than having people in the team every week and then having them resign from the worship team. Exactly. If it's not sustainable, yeah. we, we, we are running a short-term uh, sprint and not a, not yeah. a marathon. Yeah. So for me, even just doing the worship roster, it's not only an administrative task for me. I see it as yeah. a pastoral task. Yeah. Because whenever I do the roster, it gives me a great opportunity to personally connect, even if it's via WhatsApp or email. I can connect with each team member. And the moment they tell me, Sonica, I can't do this next roster. I do my yeah. rosters two months in advance. Also for people then to plan. They plan the, the uh, weekends away. Yeah. I plan the, the roster. I And it... it you know, you get the people who are not planners, but then I force them to plan because I want their dates. <laughs> so, but sometimes when I do the roster, I discover this person is under tremendous pressure at work. Yeah. And then I can't be cross with them for not being committed. I should actually then reach out to them and make sure, you know, that somebody take care of them. So I've just made a decision to honor their availability. If they can do once a month for the next season, yeah. I appreciate that and I I honor that. Mm. And I've seen that having respect for their pressure and their commitments outside of church, it actually increased their commitment mm. over the long time, even if yeah. there's a season yes. where they can't be that commitment. And uh, honoring their breaks is just crucial. I've, I have people in my team that come from other churches where they've been on every Sunday without exception. Mm. Because there weren't anybody else, which I understand if you're a small church. Yeah. But then whenever they wanted to take a break, they were being accused of being uncommitted and disloyal. And I, I've just made a note of that, that I make sure that I never condemn people mm. for wanting to have a family weekend away. Yeah. And, you know, I, I really believe if we honor that principle, they will help you out on a weekend when you're really desperate for somebody if you honor their the family breaks yeah. and their time. And what I also believe is an organized ministry can improve people's commitments. Yes. You know, if they know they won't be asked on a Friday to sing the Sunday, yeah. it will make them feel safe. Yeah. This is why I decided I'm doing my roster two months in advance, which is a big project yeah. every two months. And maybe for some people, they might feel it's too long in advance, but it creates a, a, a almost like a foundation for the members to feel safe. They yes. know th in the next two months, this is when I'm going to sing or play. Mm. They can plan their lives. And I think many people are not prepared to be part of a ministry where everything is left to the last minute. Yeah. If they're going to get their songs on the Saturday night and they must play it on the Sunday, it will lead to frustration and negativity, and ultimately that will affect their their commitment yeah. to but the team. Maybe I'll just um, interrupt there, and, and I think maybe people listening, maybe you, you aren't administratively strong. You know, you hate Excel or you hate planning or all these things that mm -hmm. uh, Sonic is mentioning. And what I found works really well is um, your team leader doesn't need to be the admin leader. Absolutely. Um, so if you are over the team pastorally and that's your heart is to connect with people and raise up leaders and share vision and, and all of that. Um, but you're not strong in terms of planning, then get somebody mm. who can take over that I function. Totally agree. Um, and, and then you run together. I, I would still, in, in the case, like you say, have a roster 
do that together. Um, so like you say, it's not just about scheduling people according to their availability. Yeah. You're, you're, you're overseeing people. You're, you're wanting to create new opportunities for new leaders and, yeah. and you as the pastoral leader of the team need to, to, um, to give input to that. But when it comes to the day-to-day running, have some, there are people who love admin yeah, and true. they should be sending the songs. They should be sending the reminders. Um, so that, like you say, you create that safe space in the team. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, and also just to, to even if it's not your strengths, to lead by example, yeah. to 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 ask God to help you to become more organized. Because mm. sometimes people just kind of hide behind, mm. I'm not the organized type. Yeah. But all of us can improve mm-hmm. in some areas, mm. even if it's never going to be your passion. Yeah. Because I, I just found that, you know, it 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 can lead to a lot of either frustration or peace. Yeah. When there's order and when there's this good administration, so yeah, if it's not your thing, find somebody. But I would also encourage people to to improve yes. and to make a little bit more effort instead of just hiding behind. Yeah. This is not my thing. <laughs> and I also think you know, just to make time to listen to people. To sometimes people need somebody to talk to. These real frustrations. Yeah. And if they don't have somebody to talk to, you're going to lose your musicians. Yeah. And as a, a while back, one of my most loyal and and gifted people wanted to sell all his equipment, all his instruments. Oh. And I realized something seriously is wrong. Yeah. And praise God, we could talk. We had a very good conversation. And I realized these frustrations that I didn't know about. Yeah. And some of them I could address. Some yeah. of them I could commit to. To, to address and yeah, praise God, he's still in the team, he loves it and he just needed to be heard. He yeah. needed somebody to talk to, he needed somebody to say, okay, I commit to address some of these things. Mm. And I think that can definitely increase the commitment. So even if it's not, as you say, the, the team leader's capacity could be maybe limited, yeah. but as long as they have somebody yeah. that they can talk to, yes. it will definitely increase their, their capacity and yeah. their commitment. Amen. Good thoughts. Such good stuff. Um, yeah, so that's that's all pretty much from, from my side. Is there? I don't know if there's anything that we've left out that you maybe want to mention. Any? Yeah, I would, I would love just to mention the relationship with the sound engineers. Yeah. I've been in teams in the past where there was a little bit of tension. Yeah sometimes a lot of tension between sound engineers and the band. And I've made it my goal to invest in this specific relationship so that our sound engineers are part of all our meetings. I personally roster them. So it's nothing separate. They come to all our meetings and I've seen the difference. Mm. They pray with us before we start practicing. Mm. I've just seen the difference of including them and respecting them yes. and thanking them yeah. as well. So that for me is, That's huge. is really no, they're, crucial. They're, they're a ministry that is so crucial. And yet I think the only feedback, often the only feedback they get is when something goes wrong. Yeah. Uh, and they're not like the band that's in front that everybody goes to afterwards and says, that was amazing. You know, yep. nobody realizes what they actually did yeah. during the service. Yeah. So I agree 100% with that. Yeah, we can't do anything without them. So, yeah, yeah I just want to encourage everybody to to make a deliberate and intentional effort to mm. to get into their worlds yeah. and, to, and to honor them. And something I also just want to encourage people to do is – to look out for those anointed and gifted people who are shy and yes. who have a lack of confidence. Yeah. I love doing that. I love looking out for those people with 
a passion for God, a purity, mm. uh, integrity, the people with a character and the musical ability, but they don't see it. Yeah. So I love just encouraging them, giving them one opportunity and then give them feedback afterwards. So yes. yeah, I, I would... It, it's it's awesome what can happen if there's a shy person and somebody believes in them yeah. and all of a sudden they come out of their shell yeah. and they're starting to flourish. Yeah, And that doesn't all have to be up to you. Um, somebody like that, it's I'll a team effort. I'll pair with another, other strong worship leaders and say, listen, I'm really excited about this person. They just need confidence. Yep. Like you build into their lives yeah. as well. Yeah, I think it's very important, James, because it's this is not a one man or one woman yeah. effort. Yeah. It won't ever be. Yeah. And I think if we can learn to work together as a team, whether it's you and your worship leaders, whether yeah. it's you and the band, yeah. in whichever capacity, I think, yeah. I mean, God can do anything. Yeah. Where there's unity, God commands a blessing. Yeah. Yeah, my, so. my, my most difficult times of overseeing the team has always been the times where I felt it's kind of all up to me. Yeah. Uh, but then as soon as I... Because the nature of our team, people are constantly leaving as they finish studies yep. or, or whatever. Um, but then as soon as I, I get my, my team around me right again, you know, mm -hmm. that, that support structure yeah. where I realize it's not all up to me. I've, yeah. I've got a specific contribution, but there's just so many others who've got these Very awesome true. gifts that they need to bring. Very true. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I just realized Andre often encourages me to include the worship leaders in my burdens, if I yes. can call it that, because yeah. sometimes people are just not available. Yeah. And then sometimes I really want to carry that burden myself. And mm. then Andre just tells me, let your worship leaders know. They must help you pray. They must help you stand in faith Amen. for more people. Yeah. And immediately when I send that message, I feel lighter. Yeah. So it definitely is a team effort. And yeah, lastly, I just want to really encourage people to to lead by example and to, yeah. if you want people to be on time, you be on time. Yeah. If you want people to be prepared, you be prepared because ultimately people will watch you. Yeah. And it's a culture and you don't have to be the perfect leader. It's mm. not about never making a mistake. Mm. It's not about... Even being the perfect musician, if, if God has called you for this task, you can be bold, you can be courageous because God is with you. And as long as we lead with a humility and a boldness and a love, God is, God is there. Amen. And as long as we just do it wholeheartedly in humility, but with a boldness and authority because God is with us, God can do anything. So I'm so excited about what God is doing in worship. Yes. And I can't wait to see our children becoming part of worship teams. So you're yeah. just having a generational focus as well. It's not only about us, mm. about me. Mm. It's about generations from now that will keep on worshiping God. And that's mm. going to be amazing. Oh, amen. This, I think, for our first podcast, this has been an amazing conversation. Thank you so much, Sonica. Thank you for just everything that you've shared and just being willing to, to impart uh, through through everything God has spoken to you about and, and taught you, and thanks to everyone who listened. We pray. I really pray that it would um, be that this would have been a blessing and and just encouraging for you as well. Stir your faith um, to believe that God wants to establish a, a really beautiful culture in your team, 
um, where we care for one another, where we love one another. Mm, uh, ultimately, that's what it, what it comes down to. So thanks for listening and I look forward to sharing some more next time. Thanks, Sonica. Oh, pleasure. Thanks, James. Thank you for joining the Spirit Truth Podcast. Check out chauffeurband.com for music and resources. You can also subscribe to the podcast, rate and review it on iTunes and share it with your friends on social media. Oh, 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 oh,